ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد We've now reached in Kitab al-Tawheed, the chapter regarding seeking rainfall from the stars. Bab ma jaa fil istisqa'i bil anwa' In this chapter, as the title suggests, it mentions how in the times of ignorance in Jahiliyyah, they used to seek rainfall from the stars. طَلَبُ السُّقْيَا بِالنُّجُومِ So what is the ruling regarding this act? <coughs> and what did they used to do? And what are the narrations mentioned about it? That is what this chapter will discuss. So when it says, بَابُ مَا جَاءَ The chapter which mentions what has come, what has been narrated regarding seeking rainfall from the stars. The meaning of that is, of course, the threat and the punishment which has been mentioned, the warning which has been mentioned in the Qur'an and the Sunnah from seeking rainfall from the stars. And the first ayah, in this particular chapter is the ayah وَتَجْعَلُونَ رِزْقَكُمْ أَنَّكُمْ تُكَذِّبُونَ The first ayah in this chapter وَتَجْعَلُونَ رِزْقَكُمْ أَنَّكُمْ تُكَذِّبُونَ Meaning of which is that you make your thanks, your gratitude for your sustenance, you... Make it for others besides Allah. You deny that. You do not make your gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not associate the blessings to Allah. And that is what will be explained, the meaning of that ayah in this particular chapter, whereby they seek <coughs> the rainfall from the stars. So this ayah, وَتَجْعَلُونَ رِزْقَكُمْ أَنَّكُمْ تُكَذِّبُونَ the scholars have mentioned that the meaning of this ayah firstly is, or one of the statements or opinions regarding it is, that it is talking about the stars. The ayat which are mentioned around this ayah and the context of it is talking about the stars. وَالْمُرَادُ بِمُوَاقِعِهَا طُلُوعُهَا وَغُرُوبُهَا طُلُوعُهَا مِنَ الْمَشْرِقِ وَغُرُوبُهَا مِنَ الْمَغْرِبِ لِأَنَّ هَذَا مِنْ أَعْظَمِ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى So they say that the statement or the ayah فَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِمَوَاقِعِ النُّجُومِ Up until the ayah that we have here وَتَجْعَلُونَ رِزْقَكُمْ أَنَّكُمْ تُكَذِّبُونَ that it is referring to the stars, the movements of the stars, and how they used to associate various blessings, etc., 
to the stars rather than associating them to Allah. So when it mentions, وَتَجْعَلُونَ رِزْقَكُمْ That you make your rizq, the rizq that is being spoken about here is the rainfall. أي المطر أنكم تكذبون You deny it and you lie. And you claim that the rainfall is coming from others, from stars. You claim that the rainfall is coming due to the movement of the stars or the constellation of the stars, that it is linked to the stars. And you deny and you do not associate that rainfall to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they say, مُطِرْنَا بِنَوْ كَذَا وَكَذَا فَيَتَنْصِبُونَ الْمَطَرِ إِلَى الْأَنْوَاءِ So they would say that we have been given this rainfall because of a particular star or a constellation of stars. They would associate that rainfall to those stars. And they would not associate that rainfall or show their gratitude to Allah for it. وَذَلِكَ أَنَّ الْعَرَبَ تَزْعَمُ فِي الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ أَنَّ الْمَطَرْ إِنَّمَا يَنْزِلُ بِسَبَبِ طُلُوعِ النَّجْمِ They used to claim in Jahiliya that the rain comes down due to the emergence of a star, the rising of a star. When a particular star appears, they would say that is the cause for the rainfall. And some of them would say, الْمَطَرْ يَحْصُلُ بِسَبَبِ غُرُوبِ النَّجْمِ الَّذِي يَغْرُبُ فِي الْفَجْرِ وَالْخِلَافِ بَيْنَهُمْ يَسِيرٌ Some of them used to say it's because of a certain star setting. A certain star rising, a certain star setting. They would associate the rainfall to these movements of the stars in the sky. So the Shaykh says, this is the point, أَنَّهُمْ يُضِيفُونَ نُزُولَ الْمَطَرِ إِلَى طَلُوعِ النَّجْمِ أَغْرُوبَةِ That they would associate the rainfall and claim that the rainfall is coming because of this star or because of that star, the movement of this star, the movement of that star. They would associate and claim the rainfall is coming because of those stars. يَظُنُّونَ أَنَّ غُرُوبَ النَّجْمِ أَوْ طُلُوعَ النَّجْمِ فِي الْفَجْرِ هُوَ الَّذِي يُسَبِّبُ النُّزُولَ الْمَطَرِ so they used to think and they used to claim that the movement of these stars, that's what makes the rainfall come. And so they used to say that we've been given the rainfall due to this star, due to that star. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rebuked this claim of theirs in the Qur'an, that it is not from the stars that you get your rainfall, this rizq, this sustenance, this rainfall that comes to you. It is not due to the stars or the movements of the stars, rather it is from Allah. So Allah mentioned in the Quran, وَتَجْعَلُونَ رِزْقَكُمْ That you make your rizq, this rain that you get, أَنَّكُمْ تُكَذِّبُونَ You lie about it, you deny where it is coming from, you deny that this is from your Lord, and instead you are associating this rainfall, associating uh, the uh, coming of the rain to others besides Allah, claiming it's the stars and the movements of the stars that are bringing that. So this is, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, Kadib. This was lies from them that they used to claim the rain is coming due to the stars. Because the rain, it is provision from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, الَّذِي يُنزِلُ الْمَطَرُ Allah. The one who sends down the rain is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
not the stars or the movements of the stars. فَيَكْذِبُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ So they used to lie upon Allah, claiming that it's the stars. وَيُنْكِرُونَ نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ And they would essentially therefore deny, deny that this is a blessing from Allah. By claiming that this blessing is coming from the stars, you are denying the reality which is that the blessing is coming from Allah. So they were denying that. يُنْكِرُونَ نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ وَيَجْحَدُونَهَا وَكَانَ الْوَاجِبُ عَلَيْهِمْ أَنْ يَشْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ What was obligatory upon them was to thank Allah for this blessing of the rain. To show their gratitude to Allah for this blessing of the rain. وَأَنْ يُضِيفُوا النِّعْمَةَ إِلَى اللَّهِ And to attach and attribute this blessing to Allah. لَكِنَّهُمْ أَضَافُوهَا إِلَى غَيْرِهِ But instead what they used to do was attribute this blessing of the rain to others besides Allah, to the stars and the movement of the stars. وَقَالُوا مُطِرْنَا بِالنَّوْءِ الْفُلَانِ فَأَنْكَرَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ So they used to say, we've been given the rain because of this star or that star. So Allah refuted them for that, rebuked that. Uh, and He mentioned that this is a lie and it is a false aqeedah. Or, or, or that is what is uh, indicated by this ayah. That this is a lie from them, it is a false aqeedah from them. And it is from the most severest of the lies, from the greatest of the lies, to attribute blessings of Allah that Allah has given you to others besides Allah, and claim that these others are providing you those blessings. And that's why Allah mentioned in the Quran, "فَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ افْتَرَى أَوْ مِمَّنْ كَذَبَ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَكَذَّبَ بِالصِّدْقِ إِذْ جَاءَ." أَلَيْسَ فِي جَهَنَّمَ مَثْوًا لِلْكَافِرِينَ That who is more oppressive, who is more wrongdoing, than the one who lies upon Allah? Who is more of a wrongdoer than the one who lies upon Allah? وَمَنْ فَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ كَذَبَ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَالَّذِي يَكْذِبُ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَيُنْصِبُ نِعْمَهُ لِغَيْرِهِ so the one who lies upon Allah and attributes the blessings of Allah to others besides Allah. He attributes the rainfall to something in creation. Then he has lied upon Allah a great and tremendous lie. Instead of thanking Allah, he is denying that and rejecting that blessing coming from Allah. And he is associating it to others besides Allah. That's why the scholars, they highlighted this point. In Jahiliyyah, they used to do it. And here, that's why, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah ta'ala, has put down this chapter in Kitab al-Tawheed, to highlight this particular aqeedah that they used to be upon, this false aqeedah that Allah rebuked in the Qur'an. Because what is binding upon a person is to attribute the blessings to Allah. And there will be a chapter which comes later on exactly on that topic specifically. Attributing the blessings to Allah, insha'Allah. أَمَّا إِذَا اَعْتَقَدَ أَنَّ الْمَطَرَ يَنْزِلُ بِأَمْرِ اللَّهِ وَبِتَقْدِيرِ اللَّهِ لَكِنَّهُ نَسَبَهُ إِلَى النَّجْمِ أَوْ إِلَى الطَّالِعِ أَوْ الْغَارِبِ مِنْ بَابِ الْمَجَازِ أَوْ السَّبِيبَةِ كَمَا يَقُولُونَ فَهَذَا كُفْرٌ أَصْغَرٌ If somebody knows that the rain is from Allah, 
but he attributes it to the stars as a secondary type of means. Saying that the stars are the means for the rainfall even though it comes from Allah. Then still, that is minor kufr. It is minor kufr that he has committed, minor shirk that he has committed. Because in the end he believes the rain is from Allah, but he believes the stars are the cause of it or the via the stars it comes. And that is still a type of kufr and a type of shirk. Minor kufr and minor shirk because that is not the means for the rainfall. The stars and their movement are, the, are not the means for the rainfall. The rainfall is from Allah and it is not via the stars or via the means of the stars. So that is the first narration the Shaykh he mentions here to highlight that the blessings of Allah have to be attributed to Allah. And not to claim it's because of this star, because of that star. Or as some of the people they do now, associating and attributing the blessings to people. Saying that it's because of this great imam, this great peer as they call them. He is the one who has made this happen, he is the one who has made that happen. Or attributing it to others, any others in creation besides Allah, then that is falsehood. All of the blessings are to be attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second narration now of Abu Malik al-Ash'ari radiyallahu anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama qal arba'un fi ummati min amri al-jahiliyya la yutrakoon aw la yutrakoonahunna al-fakhru bil-ahsab wal-ta'anu fil-ansab wal-istisqa'u bil-nujum wal-niyaha Four things in my ummah are from the affairs of Jahiliyyah that they do not leave. Four affairs, the Prophet ﷺ mentions now four things that are from the affairs of Jahiliyyah. The first of them, Al-Fakhru Bil-Ahsab. Having pride over your lineage, your ancestors. Having pride over what your family name is and what your lineage is and what your ancestors are because you're supposed to be some high class or whatever having pride and arrogance because of that reason the second thing abusing the lineage and the ancestors of other people saying their clan, their lineage they are degraded, low down people we are superior this is also from jahiliya to behave in that way and to belittle people for their ancestors and their lineage. Thirdly, al-istisqa'u bin-nujum, seeking the rainfall from the stars, and an-niyaha, an-niyaha is screaming and shouting, and going over the top when somebody dies. So all of these are acts which are from the acts of jahiliya, the Prophet ﷺ says. And the jahiliyyah, what do we mean they are acts of jahiliyyah? Jahiliyyah is what was before Islam. مَا قَبْلَ الْإِسْلَامِ سُمِّيَ جَاهِلِيَّ مِنَ الْجَهِلِ وَهُوَ عَدُمَ الْعِلْمِ لِخَلُوا هَذَا الْوَقْتِ وَقْتُ الْفَتْرَةِ مِنْ آثَارِ الرَّسَالَاتِ السَّمَاوِيَّةِ So from the time of Isa alayhi salam, after Isa alayhi salam, up until Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there are approximately 400 years. Approximately 400 years, slightly more. From the time of Isa alayhi salam to the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam. As for the dates that they claim now, 2015, then historically, from what I understand from the academic research, 
then that date is incorrect in any case. This date that they apparently have now, the calendar as it runs 2015, from the academic research done by uh, certain academics, it appears that this date is not actually accurate. So approximately, it's actually about 400 years, maybe slightly more than 400 years uh, between Isa salam and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Even though these dates would indicate it's about 600 almost. But as I have uh, been made aware, some academics did the research in that field and they came to conclusions that the date 2015 is not accurate and it is off by approximately 100-200 years. So here the Sheikh mentions that it is approximately 400 years, just more than that maybe, the difference from Isa salam to the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. During that time, there were no revelations. During that time, there were no prophets and messengers. So for those three or four hundred years, there was no other uh, revelation. The revelations, they ceased during that time. Uh, and then it was the Prophet wasallam who was given the revelation after that time. And he was the final messenger. So all they had in that time was the remnants, what was left over what they had passed on generation from generation from the uh, time of Isa salam and before that. So that time period before the sending of the Prophet wasallam is known as the time period of Jahiliyyah due to the lack of knowledge during that time period. The lack of knowledge, the lack of revelations during that time period, it is known as the period of Jahiliyyah. As for... Once the revelation came to the Prophet ﷺ, you don't then say after that there is Jahiliyyah. The time after the revelation came, then you do not say that is Jahiliyyah. Jahiliyyah, it was ended with the coming of Islam. Because Jahiliyyah means a lack of knowledge. But when Islam came and the revelation came, knowledge has come now. Revelation has come. So you do not say that it is Jahiliyyah or the era the uh, uh, the time period, the time zone after the revelation came is still Jahiliyyah. That is incorrect. So Jahiliyyah was prior to the revelation. As for certain characteristics, certain descriptions, certain traits remaining amongst the people even after Islam came, that's possible. Certain traits and characteristics and behaviors from that time of Jahiliyyah may still persist and come through after the revelation of Islam came. That's possible. But to say that this is a time of Jahiliyyah, that is not correct. So, those certain characteristics, they may come through. Certain characteristics, they may come through. But it is not right. It is not right to say that we are in a time of Jahiliyyah now after Islam has come. Some of these so-called scholars... They call themselves scholars, people may raise them up as scholars, and they are not scholars in reality. They make these types of statements, they say the 20th century Jahiliyyah. The Islamic Ummah is in the Jahiliyyah of the 20th century, the 21st century, the modern day Jahiliyyah. And these types of phrases and words are not correct. The revelation has come, and the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned, there will always be a group. لا تزال طائفة من أمتي على الحق. There will always be a group 
who are upon that truth, upon that revelation, upon that guidance, upon that knowledge. So it is not correct to make these types of statements that the ummah is in jahiliyyah, and jahiliyyah has spread over the ummah, etc. So, like we said, characteristics can carry on still. And the Prophet ﷺ said that there are four characteristics in my ummah from the affairs of jahiliyyah. From those four characteristics, the first of those is, the first of those that was mentioned, is having pride and haughtiness and arrogance in your lineage. Pride and arrogance and haughtiness in your lineage. Al-Fakhru bil-Ahsab. And this is how people say our tribe, our lineage, our clan, where we come from, our forefathers, we have a certain status in society. And people consider themselves to be superior and have pride because they say we are from such and such a clan. And this particular clan in society, it is a high up clan. Our lineage was a high up lineage in society. So having pride and arrogance from this type of thing is not from Islamic mannerisms. So here the uh, uh, narration mentions having this pride and arrogance from your status in society, and that is not good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Qur'an what really makes a person with high status. It's not your lineage, your clan, your tribe. That isn't what makes a person of high status. Allah mentions in the Quran, "Inna akramakum indallahi atqakum," that the most honorable one from you with Allah is the most pious one. The most honorable one from you is the most pious one, not the one with the high lineage or he claims that he is in the top end of society, his clan. That does not give you honor if you are disobedient and you don't practice. The honor Allah says in the Quran comes with the one who practices has taqwa, the one who has the piety and performs the worship. The second characteristic, الطعنو في الأنساب, to criticize and to abuse the lineages of other people, to put them down and to belittle them, that this clan or this tribe, they are this and they are that, and we can't marry into them, etc., etc., as the people they say. That abuse and criticism of the lineage of the people, the ancestors of the people, then this is something which is from the affairs of Jahiliyyah. It is not an Islamic characteristic that a person should be on. The third thing, Al-Istisqa And that's the point now. Seeking rainfall from the stars. Seeking rainfall from the stars. And that is because, like we've said, they used to believe that the stars, they are the ones that make the rainfall come. So if a person believes the stars themselves, by themselves, can make the rain come, then that person has committed kufr. That's major shirk. But if a person believes Allah is the one who sends the rain, but the stars are a means via which the rain comes, then it is still a minor form of the uh, uh, shirk, it is still making a means which Allah has not made as a means. So that is the point of this narration to highlight the impermissibility of believing that type of thing. 
And we've already talked about similar topics before, like star signs. When people believe your star sign indicates this is going to happen to you, that's going to happen to you. And that is all false. Haram to read star signs and to believe that they are going to make this happen or that happen. Then the fourth thing was The one who raises the voice and screams and shouts and becomes exaggerated in their wailing, screaming and crying and wailing when somebody dies. Then this is also from the characteristics of Jahiliyyah. It's mentioned in one narration, لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ ضَرَبَ الْخُدُودَ وَشَقَّ الْجُيُوبَ وَدَعَ بِدَعْوَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ Not from us is the one who beats himself and tears his clothes and screams and shouts and says all types of things like from the things they used to say in Jahiliyyah. That why me and why did it happen and he was such a good person, why did he die? And hitting yourself and tearing your clothes... This is what they used to do in Jahiliyyah. So this is not from the characteristic that a Muslim should be upon. And it is a major sin. This screaming and shouting and getting depressed and ripping your clothes and hitting yourself and falling around. and All of these types of behaviors are not from the behaviors of a Muslim. So, رَفْعُ الصَّوْتِ عَلَى الْمَيِّتِ مِنْ بَابِ الْجَزْعِ وَالتَّسَخْطِ إِذَا صَحِبَهُ شَقٌ لِلثَّوْبِ أَوْ لَطْمٌ لِلْخَدْ أو تعداد لمحاصن الميت أو نياحة وندب وجزع فهذا كبير من كبائر الذنوب. So hitting yourself, tearing your clothes, screaming and shouting, sitting there saying, but he was such a good person and he used to do this and he used to do that and all of these types of speech and this type of behavior at the death of a person is from the major sins. It is not from the sunnah. The reason being, or one of the reasons behind that. Because a person who sits there doing that kind of thing when somebody dies shows that this person has no contentment, satisfaction with the decree of Allah. He has no patience with the decree of Allah that Allah has decreed upon him that this person is going to die. Now if a person screams and shouts and tears his clothes and hits himself, then he's not showing any type of patience upon the decree of Allah. He's not showing his contentment, his satisfaction with what Allah has decreed. It's as if he's going against the decree. Why did it happen? Why did he have to die? And that is impermissible clearly. This next narration highlights in even more detail the severe state of somebody who behaves in that way. Screaming and shouting. And this is something in particular which occurs with the women. This is something in particular which is found as a characteristic upon some of the women. The narration says, "Anna'iha ida lam tatub qabla mautiha." The woman who screams and shouts and tears her clothes and hits herself and does all of these types of things when somebody dies, if she does not repent from that wailing and screaming and behaving in that way of jahiliyyah when somebody died, if she does not repent from that way, then on the day of judgment. تُقَامُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَعَلَيْهَا سِرْبَالٌ مِنْ قَطِرَانِ Then upon her will be a garment of melted copper. Melted 
uh, copper or, or the uh, the steel or the copper, the, the metal, melted copper uh, will be her clothing or her garment. And dir'un min jarab, and this is also mentioned as a type of disease of the skin, that she will be overcome with this type of disease which can uh, overcome humans, it can overcome camels, that this will be the way that she is raised up on that day of judgment. So it is upon a woman or anyone, even a man, who performs this type of behavior to repent from it, to stop doing that, to regret what they did, and to make sure that they don't go back to it again. These are the conditions of tawbah. To be sincere in it, to stop doing what you're doing, make sure in your mind you make the intention, you're never going to do it again, and to regret having done it in the first place. To regret in that uh, sincere manner and to repent from it. So the one who does not repent in this way, then on the day of judgment it mentions, alayha sirbal, she will have upon her a garment, min qatiran, which is the, the copper which is melted upon her. What did they say? So she'll have the copper which is melted upon her, wadir'un min jarab, and that is the type of illness, maradun jildi, that overcomes your skin. It envelops and engulfs all of your skin. So she will be raised up in that way. So these two narrations, they indicate certain issues. Firstly, they indicate the impermissibility of behaving in the way that they used to behave in Jahiliyyah. We've been told now, commanded now, not to behave in that manner that they behaved in Jahiliyyah and performing these types of acts. And that they are major sins. Secondly, the hadith indicates that the affairs of Jahiliyyah, they do end up remaining amongst the Muslims. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned these types of things, they persist in the ummah. So some of these affairs of jahiliyyah, some of the people still engage in them. The hadith is an indication of that, that these characteristics still persist. So the shaykh says here, أَنَّ أُمُورَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ لَا تَرْتَفِعُ بِالْكُلِّيَّةِ Those affairs of jahiliyyah, they don't disappear altogether. بَلْ يَبْقَى مِنْهَا شَيْءٌ فِي بَعْضَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ some of those characteristics and traits, they remain in some of the Muslims, and that is seen. You've all experienced it, you've seen it. How people scream and shout when somebody dies, for example. These types of things, they still exist amongst the Muslims, and it is incorrect in their sins. Uh, and the third thing, uh, also, which was mentioned, was regarding the point that we want to make specifically about the rainfall, and attributing that to others besides Allah, i.e. the blessings of Allah, that they are attributed to others besides Allah, then that is something false. Rather, they are to be attributed to Allah alone. And that is from the perfection of Tawheed. As for a person attributing the blessings that he's given to other than Allah, then that shows a great deficiency in his Tawheed, to the extent that it may be nullified altogether. Then we have the hadith of Zayd ibn Khalid, radiyallahu anhu qal, صلى لنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلاة الصبح بالحديبية على إثر سماء كانت من الليل فلما انصرف أقبل على الناس فقال 
أَتَدْرُونَ مَاذَا قَالَ رَبُّكُمْ He says that on one occasion the Prophet ﷺ prayed the Fajr prayer with us in Hudaybiyah. The Prophet ﷺ prayed the Fajr prayer with us in Hudaybiyah after there had been some light rainfall that night. There had been some rainfall that night. And in the morning then he prayed the Fajr prayer with us. Hudaybiyah as you know is a particular location, a particular place, name of a place. So he mentions that it was at this location of Hudaybiyah that the Prophet ﷺ on one occasion prayed the Fajr prayer with us after a night where there had been some rainfall. And the Prophet ﷺ after he finished the prayer turned around to the people, to the congregation and he said to them, أَتَدْرُونَ مَاذَا قَالَ رَبُّكُمْ Do you know what your Lord has said? قَالُوا اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَعْلَمُ They said Allah and His Messenger know best. قال, he said, أَصْبَحَ مِنْ عِبَادِي مُؤْمِنٌ بِي وَكَافِرٌ from my servants, there are those who have become or who have arisen as believers and those who have or are become disbelievers. So as for those who say that we were given the rainfall by the virtue and mercy of Allah, they are the believer in me. فَذَلِكَ مُؤْمِنٌ بِي كَافِرٌ بِالْكَوْكَبِ And disbelievers in the stars, i.e. the stars bringing the rainfall, they don't believe in that. وَأَمَّا مَنْ قَالْ مُطِرْنَ بِنَوْءِ كَذَا وَكَذَا فَذَلِكَ كَافِرٌ بِي مُؤْمِنٌ بِالْكَوْكَبِ As for the one who says we've been given the rainfall due to the star, this star or that star, the rise of this star, the set of that star, then that person is the one who's a disbeliever in me and a believer in the stars instead. So here the Prophet ﷺ explained this to them. And the way that he did it, as you can see, first thing, he asked them the question, Do you know what your Lord said? And this is one of the ways of the Prophet ﷺ in teaching, that he would ask the companions questions in order to focus their minds and that they would think about that particular topic. So he asked them here, Do you know what your Lord said? So they focused and they said, We don't know. Allah and His Messenger knows best. Then he told them, أَصْبَحَ مِنْ عِبَادِي That from my servants there has become the one who is a believer in me due to this rainfall. How? Because some of them, the one who says that the rainfall is from Allah, not from the stars, he is the believer. But the one who says the rainfall is because of this star, that star, constellation, etc. Then that is the one who has denied the blessing of Allah and instead has attributed this particular blessing of the rainfall to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the stars as they used to do in Jahiliyyah. So this particular hadith highlights the same point to us that the rainfall, it is not something attributed to these other factors. Rather the rainfall is from Allah and it is to be attributed to Allah. So this hadith indicates to us various points of benefit. One, that it is permissible to give reminders after the prayer. After one of the obligatory prayers, if the imam turned around to give a small reminder sometimes, then this is correct and it's permissible. Especially if there was some particular incident that needed to be spoken about or a particular topic that was important for the people to know about. Then it's permissible to do that because on this occasion the Prophet ﷺ, after the Fajr prayer, due to that specific topic that needed to be talked about after the rain had come that night, he turned around and gave them that small 
talk and that small explanation regarding that. So to do that, it's okay. It's mentioned, it is legislated to do that. Also, مَشْرُوعِيَّةُ صَلَاةِ الْجَمَاعَةِ فِي السَّفَرِ كَمَا هِيَ مَشْرُوعَةِ The legislation to pray in congregation even if you're traveling. Here they were traveling, they were in Hudaybiyah, they weren't in Medina. They were traveling in Hudaybiyah, but they still prayed in congregation. So if you're traveling in a group, then it's still sunnah to pray that together in a congregation when you're traveling. And not to say everybody pray their own prayer. Also, the style of learning through question and answer. Here the Prophet ﷺ asked them the question and then gave them the answer. So that is one of the ways of learning. And the important point of the hadith here is that we do not claim the rainfall or any other blessing is from others besides Allah. Rather, we attribute all of those blessings to Allah. And the Prophet ﷺ mentioned the dua, Allahumma sayyiban nafi'a, regarding the rainfall and the dua that you make, and that you attribute this to Allah and do not attribute it to others besides Allah. Then we have the hadith of Ibn Abbas, uh, وَفِيهِ قَالَ بَعْضُهُمْ لَقَدْ صَدَقَ نَوْكَذَ That some of them they would say that such and such a particular star has sadaqa, uh, meaning that it is because of that star that the rainfall has come. So that is again mentioned in the hadith of Ibn Abbas. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these ayat. فَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِمَوَاقِعِ النُّجُومِ وَإِنَّهُ لَقَصَمٌ لَوْ تَعْلَمُونَ عَظِيمٌ إِنَّهُ لَقُرْآنٌ كَرِيمٌ فِي كِتَابٍ مَكْنُونَ These ayat. Translation is there. Then I swear by the setting of the stars, and indeed it is an oath. So I swear by the setting of the stars, and indeed it is an oath. Uh, if you could, uh, most great. Um, indeed, it is a, uh, a most noble Quran in the register, well protected, none touch it except the purified, i.e., the angels. Mm. It is a revelation from the Lord of the worlds. Then it, it is to this statement that you, have, that you are indifferent and make the thanks for provisions that you deny the provider. Mm. So that is the ayah that was at the beginning, the same one. وَتَجْعَلُونَ رِزْقَكُمْ أَنَّكُمْ تُكَذِّبُونَ That you deny the sustenance and you deny this rainfall coming from Allah and instead you attribute it to others besides Allah. So these ayat or what was associated to the narration of Ibn Abbas, again it is mentioning those same ayat to highlight the impermissibility and the incorrectness of associating the rainfall to others besides Allah. And that doing so is kathibun mahd. It is absolute pure lie to claim that the rainfall has come from others besides Allah. So that is what is indicated. It is a refutation upon those who claim that the rainfall comes from the stars or the constellations and the movements of the stars, etc. And this is pure, absolute lying. وَأَنَّهُ يَجِبُ نِسْبَةُ الْمَطَرِ إِلَى اللَّهِ And that it is binding and obligatory to attribute the rainfall to Allah. لَا إِلَى الْأَنْوَاءِ Not to the stars. 
وَمَنْ نَسَبَهَا إِلَى الْأَنْوَاءِ فَقَدْ كَفَرَ بِاللَّهِ And whomsoever attributes the rainfall to the stars, then he has disbelieved in Allah. And that can be the two different types of kufr depending on what he believes, as we mentioned earlier. So that is the chapter regarding the rainfall, and that is something that they used to do in the affairs of Jahiliyyah. And as the Prophet ﷺ said, some of those characteristics of Jahiliyyah, they persist in the Ummah, even after the revelation it came. That's why we'll leave the lesson today, and next week we'll begin with the new chapter, which is regarding the issue of love. Loving Allah, uh, and the different types of love, and how loving Allah is an act of worship, and how the mushrikeen, they used to love Allah, but at the same time, they used to love their other gods that they used to believe in. So that's the topic we're going to discuss next week regarding this issue of loving Allah, uh, and what that means, and what the different types of love are. Uh, we'll begin with that next week, inshaAllah ta'ala. We'll conclude there for now. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.